So 31 yards for Kansas State as they look for a 10th win. We await the snap from Randon Plattner out of the hold of Jack Bloomer. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022! Man, what's it with these championship winners in overtime around here? <laughs> First Manhattan High and then K-State in the Big 12 championship game. How about that? It's hour two of Wildcat Insider Mitch Fortner and the Hall of Fame voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Travion Brooklyn is running the board. 537-1350. Feel free to call us if you want to talk with us about the Big 12 championship. But Ty Zittner... I, I'm going to brag a little bit here. I called it on PowerCat game day. I said Ty Zinter would kick a game-winning field goal. Not in overtime. I kind of more pictured it as like the Baylor win for TCU. Running on the field, kicking the uh, game winner as time expired. That's the way I thought it would go down. But Ty Zinter is still the hero. Still hasn't missed a field goal since replacing Chris Tennant after the TCU loss. And... Uh, of course, can't forget the goal. I, I, the goal line stand, I, I hope nobody uh, lets the game-winning field goal overshadow that too much because you wouldn't have been in that spot to win it that comfortably Truly. without the, the two plays on the goal line to get it done. That hmm. was a question somebody had, if that happened. Oh, okay, so we, we got a call uh, during the break. Was that it? Yes. He didn't want to be on the air, but he wanted to see, to see the question. So the question is, quarterback from TCU never congratulated Will Howard? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't either, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, the little bit that, that I've been told about Max Duggan, that would that would come off as a little strange. I'd have a hard yeah, but Well, but, it was yet, also chaos on the field. Of course, chaos and, and emotional. Um, so, yeah, that's I don't have the answer on that one. Uh, maybe I can ask around on that one. Wouldn't have it for today, of course, but. Just back to Zentner here for just a second. 29 for 29 after he took over on, on uh, extra points. Nine for nine field goals. And how about this for a year? A 44.7 average for punting for the season. With a long of 72, 26 in excess, in, in, um, I'm sorry, 19 in excess of 50, and 26 inside the 20-yard line. Yeah. That's crazy, man. In- incredible, yeah. incredible year. For Ty Zinner, who you know, tat over halfway through the year, takes over all three duties of kicking off, punting, and also kicking field goals. And you couldn't ask for much better. And even he had one not so great punt during the during the Big Twelve Championship game. And he, I remember we're gonna hear from Ty Zinner, by the way, later this hour, and he and he mentioned that. He's like, you know, I I, I had one that wasn't great. I want it back. I'm going to think about it forever. No, maybe not that bad. Well, th- those guys, and we talked about the the special teams and stuff. You know, last hour a little bit. Th- those guys really work on that every day in practice. You know, people ask all the time, why is K State so good at special teams? Well, it's it's just due diligence. You know, I, I think around here for a long, long time, or at least in the time that I've been around, uh, they truly believe it's a third of the game, and that they put that kind of third of the practice effort into it and and uh, it makes a difference 
537-1350 is our number if you want to call us and ask a question or make a comment about the Cats winning the Big 12 championship, 31-28 in overtime against a team that was undefeated at 12-0, which, by the way, they were the first Big 12 team to run the table in the regular season since Texas in 2009. Hmm. It is extremely hard to do yes. in Big 12 play, and they did it. So under first-year head coach Sonny Dykes, nonetheless. And and they still made the CFP, and, and mm-hmm. they deserved it. They they were in the three spot. We'll play Michigan uh, the same day that K-State plays Alabama, just four or five hours later, I guess it is. Um, and, and good for them. I think they deserve it. They, they've got a really, really nice football team. But but that day, you can't see my fingers, oh my God. To our listening audience, but there was just a, a tiny bit of separation between those two teams, really kind of all year yeah, long. Yeah, that second down run – when he stretched for the goal line, and I, I was convinced he scored. I just really? from my angle in that northwest corner of where the press box is, I, when he reached, I was like, my guess was that he got in. I saw yeah. a replay, and that like, yeah, I, you know, it's close, but I think he may have got there. The replay down the goal line, though, he was literally like a half inch from scoring. I think we'll like, always remember the goal line stand and talk about it uh, with reverence or whatever you want to say. But one of my favorite things that I've seen on social media since the win that I haven't heard a lot of people respond to is the video on Deuce's long touchdown run of Colin uh, Klein. Yeah. If, yeah. if you know Colin and you're seeing him doing that, it's like that's not how he normally is. But what a spectacular thing. They just kept – you know, Coach Snyder used to say just keep sawing wood, right? That's what they did. They just kept – Kept giving Deuce a shot here and there. And and I remember two plays before he busted it, Stan and I talking about it, and I said, it only takes one. And then, boom, he hits it. That was awesome. Oh, well, you know, Deuce is loose. <laughs> when it's one-on-one like that, and there's a lot of green. That was an ankle breaker, wasn't in it? In between that yeah. one and another defender, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he, he sat his ass down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how good that Incredible. ankle breaker was. Yeah. Left him in dust. Yeah. That was an incredible run by Deuce Vaughn, and I'm, I'm so happy he got that moment at Jerry World in the Big 12 championship game because you know that's a two that's a three year build for him to mm-hmm. make it to this spot, and w- which could honestly it could be his last game in a K State uniform. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. He'll have some things to think about for sure, just like Felix Andy DK Uzama. But you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, I was like, you know, there's so many things I want to talk about. I'm going to forget about some. It's kind of like there's so many individual memories, both some good and some bad, mm-hmm. but mostly good about that game and what took place. There, there's one part of the game we have not got to yet, and we knew this would be a factor heading in, and it was about the defense. And we knew we didn't have Kobe Savage, and we knew we didn't have Sincere Mason. Two pretty key injuries, where and, you, and you're thin. You're thin in that secondary. Jacob Parrish, I thought, played very well, and also Keenan Garber. Mm-hmm. A very interesting story about Keenan Garber and how he had that opportunity to play in the secondary. I actually let you hear from Coach Kleiman himself because he got into the discussion of guys on that, on that defense had to rise up. I look at Jacob Paris that didn't practice most of the week, found a way to gut it out and play. I look at Keenan Garber that was a wide receiver the entire year, came to me five weeks ago and said, I'd like to be a defensive back. I want to help the team. He was on scout team up until Thursday of this week. On Thursday, we moved him from scout team and said, you've got to be the emergency guy in case Jacob Paris can't go. That's the sign of a culture. Well, what happens is 
Echo Boydo gets hurt, and it wasn't just him. You know, Malik Knowles, he had to leave the game after his 40-yard was it, it was his yes. run? It was his run because mm-hmm. he had a forty-yard catch and a forty-yard run. It was after the run that put K State in a spot to go up a score, make it fourteen-seven. In case they did score, but he was seen on the sidelines. He was extremely emotional. You know, guys were you know, consoling him, trying to you know be by his side in a very difficult time. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard yet, Coach did say he is expecting Echo and Malik to play in the Sugar Bowl. That's great news. You bet. Um, if if this was this game was played in two weeks, probably not. But this should be enough time for them to get better. But Keenan Garber had to step up, and he held his own. He really held his own. He played. So I remember in the press box, they were like forty five minutes before kickoff. They're like, we uh, have some uh, number changes here. Uh, somebody from TCU is changing their na- number, and then uh, for K State, number one, Keenan Garber will wear number thirty five. And you're thinking, why is that? I was like, that's interesting. But I didn't think too much about it. <laughs> Keenan Garber doesn't really play. Right. Unfortunately. And he's a guy that's been in this program for three or four years, and he just doesn't play. Even though he's a name we bring up in the preseason that we think about wide receiver and, and who speed. could be the speed and who mm-hmm. could be that depth guy. And yeah. Keenan Garber is one of the first names that pops up. Unfortunately, he just doesn't play very much. And I respect the hell out of him for him going to the coaches be like, I mean, I would imagine a thought was, okay, I'm not playing. I need to try to do something. I need you know switch positions. Great, goes up to coach. I can play some defensive back for you. And two days before the game, he is you know he he's he's traveling. He's going to play after playing on the scout team. It's crazy. I mean, he was not in a good spot a couple of days prior. We mentioned last hour. There are so many different storylines all season long, not just with the ball game Saturday, but but with this team. And I think you go back to Saturday, and Echo Boydo is injured near the goal line defending a play. It doesn't look very good, and then he can't really go. This is after, as you mentioned, in a matter of about a three-week span, K-State loses a starting safety in Kobe Savage, his backup in Sincere Mason, and now you're moving B.J. Payne from one safety spot to another safety spot. Okay, Jacob Parrish has been backing up both Echo and Julius Brents. Echo goes down, he's got to go. But what was extraordinary there into Saturday on first and second down, most of the time you have Parrish after Echo goes out as one of the one of the corners. But on third down, did you see what they were doing? I mean, he goes into the middle of the field probably covering the slot or whatever, and here comes number 35, Keenan Garber. And the way he played was really admirable. I mean, uh, above and beyond, really, uh, under the circumstances that were presented, right? I mean, again, five weeks ago, (laughs) you know, he was a receiver. And I think that's just part of what makes this team, you know, they, they talk about family and next man up and, you know, all together and all of those kind of things. And that was part of it, and it was a heck of a performance, really. I, I thought – I don't know what you thought, but I thought V.J. Payne to do what he did in the back half of this year and, and Parrish, and then, of course, Keenan on Saturday. Those are fairy tale kind of things. Yeah, it, you're playing in the Big 12 championship game, <laughs> and in the secondary against 
a pretty good group of wide receivers. I mean, that battle Let me mention between... those again. Quentin Johnston, yeah. Darius Davis, Tay Barber, Savion Williams. That's as good as most in this league. And, yet, and Quentin Johnston will be a pro. And yet K-State wins the Big 12 championship with two true freshmen <laughs> and a guy that had not played corner or in the secondary throughout his collegiate career until moved up into off the scout team to, you know, on the two deep or wherever uh, in the Big 12 championship game two days prior. That, that is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yet there there it, are so many things that, like I say, so many storylines and what have you, but those kind of things will stick out along with the, oh boy, the, the goal line stand and, you know, winning an overtime game and winning a title and all of those kind of things. That's that's going to hang with people for a long, long time for sure. And we mentioned earlier, you know, the pressure that was getting to the quarterback, that was Max Duggan, and he mm. was in some pain at the end of the game, no doubt about it. Also very emotional, and I, I could definitely understand his emotion. To, to put that team on his back like the way he did, and I, you know, his, his legs, what killed K-State in that second half. Sure. That was the big issue, him just scrambling and improvising and finding some room to run, and he got some huge gains out of that. It's a great point because up until the time where he started doing that, I don't know that Joe Klanderman and the run defense has gotten enough play from that game. Kendra Miller had just 82 yards. Compare that to what he did down in Fort Worth. And when he got hit, you know, a yard or two on Kerry Saturday, it wasn't wasn't falling forward for three or four more like it was in Fort Worth. They stoned him. Um, those guys made some really – those guys, meaning Joe Klanderman, Chris Kleiman, and – and that defensive staff really did a, a nice job of keeping him hemmed in, so to speak. And they they ended up with 218 rushing yards, but a, a lot of that was on a couple of two or three plays. And, and as you said, Duggan late. By the way, media, get the guy's name right. And get Kleiman's name right, please. Oh, my God. Come oh, on, man. I was watching back some of the broadcasts, the ESPN broadcast, and Fowler was calling Kleiman Kleeman. <laughs> I didn't mean to go there. Well, I, I also thought his call at the end of the game was lackluster. I, you know, it's whatever. I guess at this point, doesn't take the trophy away from K State, does it? It does not. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> I've been saving this for after the break. We're going to hear from Ty Zittner, who kicked the game-winning field goal. He spoke to the media after the game on Saturday. That interview is next. Chiefs Kingdom coming up at the top of the hour. I think that's the uh, only the issue this weekend for a lot of K-State fans because K-State football wins the Big 12 championship. K-State men's basketball beats Wichita State. Boy, I was watching the game with Mason Voth, and Mason Voth hates Wichita State. Not a fan. Does not like his least favorite team of all time is Wichita State. He was losing it watching that game. It was a bit hilarious, which the Cats sneak out with the five-point victory. K-State women's basketball now number 24 in the country after beating Houston yesterday at Bramwich Coliseum, their first game in eight days. And then the Chiefs blow it against the Bengals. But the Cowboys did just obliterate the Colts in the second half, so I just want to throw that out there. Boy, did they ever. I don't know that I've ever seen one get from – 
kind of arguably a, an okay game to that kind oh, of yeah. blowout that fast. It exploded, yeah. yeah. I mean, a 50-burger with extra cheese wow. from that Cowboys team. Yeah. Uh, 537-1350 is our number. Ty Zittner, the hero, on Saturday. 31-yard field goal, dead center. Will Howard did what they call Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin package, or just Wisconsin is the Wisconsin, name of it? Wisconsin, I think, is what they call it. The slide is, into the middle, yeah, right? Slide in the yeah. middle. Put it in the sweet spot. For Ty Zentner, he was all smiles running onto the field. <laughs> Will Howard said a little something to him before he ran out there. And, and as a matter of fact, our caller earlier, Rob, mentioned that even on the big screen there at um, AT&T Stadium, you could see the big smile because they zoomed in on Zentner's face. And you could see the big smile on his face. And I don't know about you, Wyatt, and I agree with with Coach Kleiman. I'll agree with Will Howard that when Ty Zentner ran on that field, I had no worries. I mean, I was nervous but I totally believed 100% into Ty Zittner. Yeah. Because to me, he's one of the most confident people I think K-State has. And and Coach Kleiman loves him to death. When he's not giving Brandon Plattner a hard time, he's praising Ty Zittner. Shout out to Jack Bloomer, who's the holder on the play. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Ty Zittner was the hero, and I'm glad he got that moment. But we don't get too many game winners on field goals. True. Doesn't happen too often at K State. Yeah. And so, you know, Ty Zinner is senior. You know, his last year with the Wildcats. I was so happy for him that he got that moment. And, and he you know, calm, cool, and collected, just blasted it through right down the middle, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. He he ripped it. There's no doubt about it. it you don't center cut, I, I guess what they, they would say in golf, right? I mean, what hit it right in the center of the face or whatever you want to say. I mean, he he ripped it. And it wasn't long. We we all know that, but Still 31 yards. We, I've seen Harrison Butker miss extra points shorter than that. Yeah. You know, so you, you can't take it for granted, but boy, he did drill it and it just meant so much. A, a, a fourth football championship all time at K State, third in the Big 12 following 03 and 2012. Man, sounds so good saying that. Big 12 champs today, doesn't it? When you're absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I, I tell you what, like after that game, it didn't really set in. Like I, it took a little while to get there. I was like, man, because I, I, like I said earlier, I was like, you know, going into the game, driving down to to Dallas, you know, I, I wasn't really too nervous. As a matter of fact, you know, ran into Taylor Bratt there on the sideline. You know, they were well over an hour away from kickoff, and he just kind of runs into our group. And he's telling us, you know, like, you know, last week against KU, all these gadget plays, and you know what, nothing, you know, we're, we we have nothing to lose now. You know, we were nervous last week. Nothing to lose now. Let's just go out there and play a game. I was like, absolutely, sure, absolutely. That is absolutely correct. We're the ones with nothing to lose. Other than you know, we're playing for a Big Twelve championship. TCU should be the one with the pressure. Well, they were because of the playoff spot. But as it ended up, they got the playoff spot anyway. But yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. I think most of the pressure was on them. I think whatever pressure K State had was just what they put on themselves to perform and, and play well. And I, I'll say that too. It really was as as we all. No, a high-level game, very entertaining, back-and-forth plays, controversial plays, lots of things happening. But at the end of the day, I would say – I don't think I'm overstating this. That was absolutely one of the two or three best Big 12 championship games in the history of the league. Oh, my God. Uh, Yes, it's going to go down, at least for K-State – I can speak on K-State's behalf – as an all-timer, mm-hmm. absolutely, hands down. Wherever you want to rank it, I'm sure it's fair. You know, if you want to put, it, I, abs- I think absolutely top five. Oh, for sure. Um, especially for what was on the line, um, and then you know one of the greatest plays in you know in K State history, the goal line stand. 
the two stops on third and fourth down by that defensive line and the guys in the box to hold Kendry Miller out of the end zone. And, you know, like I was not confident, to be quite honest with you. I wasn't too confident because I knew who was in that backfield. And it's, I would say, and I think there's a stat to back this up, the hardest running back to tackle in the country because of his yards after contact. Yeah, you're talking about Kendra Miller, of Kendra course, Miller. who played so well against K-State. We, we heard Coach Kleiman say for days after the TCU game in Fort Worth that the, the clearly the easy difference between K-State and TCU that day was Kendra Miller. Um, K-State did a much better job with him this time. And and honestly, you know, uh, working their offensive line a little bit. That they have a really good offensive line, um, and I thought defensively, K State did just a really nice job. They they, <laughs> it was a heck of a performance, uh, really, by both teams. And fortunate to win to a degree, sure, no question about it. But man, they, they played well. Ty Zittner, the hero. Let's hear from the hero right now. Ty Zittner after the game with the media. Ty, you weren't just big in that last kick, but also the punts in this one. Can you talk to us about how you've managed that workload and just your mentality to be, you want me to punt it, you want me to kick off, you want me to kick a field goal, I'm your guy. Yeah, just uh, just staying with the flow of the game. You know, if, if we had the ball on our own side of the field, then you'd be ready for punt. And uh, I don't know how many times we punted, probably five or six times. And uh, I know my second punt was not good at all. I wish I could have that back, still do. Um, but, you know, that last punt, um, it was really a big play. And Seth made one of the best plays I've ever seen on on punt two times today and uh he did a great job turning over his shoulder caught that ball like a center fielder running back to the warning track and uh you know that was that was a huge play can you talk to us about the emotions or the nerves going into that that final kickoff you knew you hit it you hit it you win yeah um i wouldn't say there's any nerves uh i told will before overtime i said you know if if we got the ball and it's time to win it, we, we're going to do it. And he said, I know I got confidence in you. And so jogging down to the field, I kind of just gave him a look, and the rest is history. You watched this one go in. You didn't turn around yeah, on this one, did you? Yeah, I smiled at him. You watched this one go in. You didn't turn around on this one, did you? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> on that last drive of regulation, how, how tough is it? You're, I know you're on the sideline. You're, you're, you're preparing for a game-winning field goal but then they don't get close enough and you got to come out and punt. How tough is it to kind of switch that mentality from preparing to kick a field goal to going out and end the punt? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was unfortunate because we were all kind of excited, hoping to, to be able to get a, a field goal in, but with them having three timeouts and still like 45 seconds left on the clock, it, I mean, it was the right decision not to kick it, of course. And so um, I just knew I didn't, I didn't want to hit a touchback. For sure, because if I had a touchback, they get the ball to 20 with two timeouts, and they could make a drive out of that. So um, just don't hit a touchback and, and just give my guys a chance to make a play. And on the pooch previous to that, uh, we got an unlucky call. I don't know if it was a touchback or not, but they called a touchback. And like I said earlier, Seth made an incredible play. When you're gearing up to kick a game winner, does anybody say anything to you, or they just kind of leave you be and not want to no, get they, into, into your home? Everyone did a great job just kind of leave me on that side of the field, and um, it was kind of cool just how it worked out. And, and uh, you know, shout out to Raina and Jack because they operated cleanly, not just today, but ever since I took over the, the kicking duties, they, they've done a fantastic job. They did my job for me, and the ball just kind of kicked itself. They, so shout out to them. It is incredible work by them all season long. You grow up just an hour down the road from Manhattan in Topeka. What does this mean to you being a Kansas kid and winning this one for the yeah, team? You know, it, it means a lot. I, I hope uh, other Kansas kids can kind of look at 
my career and, and what Kansas State has done with, with how many Kansas guys we have on roster and and just the, the way our program's built. And, you know, it's for the states, for the people of the state, for, for our great university, you know, and um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the entire world. Did you have imagined at the start of the season that it would come down to this since you weren't, you weren't even you kicking know, field goals? Or? That's just kind of the life of the specialist. you got to stay ready. you gotta, you got to imagine things that probably other people wouldn't think about, you know. So just stay ready for every opportunity and, and shout out to Coach for giving me the opportunities he did and, and just got to make, make the most of them. When you're warming up on the sideline, what, what, what goes through your head? What do, what do you think about when you're, when you're just kicking it into the net? Just sweet spot, sweet spot on the foot and on the ball. That's really it. When they got the stop, did you, are you all of us just right then getting in the mindset that, well, that, that it's going to come down to I you? I really kind of already in the mindset. Like, I, I, I knew defense, if they would have gave up a touchdown right there, I still would have had to go out and hit the PAT to tie it up because I knew we were going to score regardless. So, yeah. I'm sorry, I meant after the defense made oh, the stop. After the defense made the stop, yeah. Um, just, yeah, the mindset didn't change a whole lot. Just go out there, hit my ball, and, and operate cleanly. And, and shout out to Jack and Raymond because they, they operated perfectly. You kissed Last the ground. One here. You kissed the ground. I saw that. What's going through your mind at that point, Ty? Uh, just, like Coach always tells us to, to be where our fear are and uh, just embrace everything, embrace every opportunity, every moment that we get. And, uh, you know, I knew it was special. And, that we just made history, so I just was trying to soak it all in. That's kind of what I did. There he is, Ty Zittner, K-State kicker, punter, and the game winner to win the Big 12 championship back on Saturday. All right, when we come back, hats are going bowling. We'll take a look at the Sugar Bowl opponent, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the game in general. Up next. Well, I'm sure for the next four weeks, we're going to be all doing our best impressions of, uh, oh gosh, now I'm blanking the name for, oh, Keith Jackson. Oh. <laughs> Alabama. Yep. Is the opponent for the first time in program history for K-State football. The Sugar Bowl is also the first trip for K-State to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, All-State Sugar Bowl, the 89th annual, and it'll be played on December 31st from Caesar Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. And just that alone, the game in New Orleans. Get a trip to New Orleans to watch K-State play. I am absolutely thrilled because I love New Orleans, Louisiana. It is one of my – It's other than New York City, it is my favorite place to visit right? in the United States. Well, I'm excited for the K-State fan base because yeah. it is something new and exciting and different. And, and New Orleans is exactly that. It, it's a great place to visit if you love – that kind of food, it's spectacular, right? I mean, there are lots oh and God. lots and lots and lots of places to Why, eat there and party there. Don't and, even get me started. Oh, I know. I, I'm just saying. But but also, it's Alabama, which is the gold standard of college football yes. over the last, whatever, 15 years or so or longer. And, and one of the great programs of all time, frankly. I mean, you, I, I don't know how to say this other than I don't know that everybody thought that there would ever be anybody quite like the boss that they had back in the 60s and 70s, right? I mean, do we think they – I mean, nobody thought that they would ever top that. No. 
And yet, Nick Saban kind of has. No, they have. Bear Bryant was a legend. They absolutely have. Yeah. But this guy's been every bit as good in, in so many ways. Um, and here they are <laughs> sitting here with two losses and, and both basically on the last play of the game at, at uh, Tennessee and at LSU. Really good club. So there's not what's not to be excited about. I mean, that, you know, K-State coming off a, a league championship and playing one of the best in, in, a, in a terrific venue in a great city and should be a heck of a fun time. I think I think thousands are going to go, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's, yeah. It, we're going to, of course, live up to the – well, it used to be the reputation. Maybe it hasn't as much anymore, but like the traveling fan base for bowl games. Sure. And uh, how Casey is notorious for bringing a huge crowd. And I think it – just the destination alone, New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm sure there's thousands of K-State fans that have never been down there, so they want to. They now have a great ex- reason to go experience the Absolutely. Big Easy. Yeah. Um, and you just mentioned the food. I think New Orleans has the most beautiful neighborhood I've ever been to. What is known as the Garden District. Amazing. Really. Amazing. Okay. I God, I love it. There's so much. Just so much to do there. Yes, the partying, Bourbon Street, you know, it, you know, the name speaks I've for heard itself. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> but there is also like a locals Bourbon Street, which is just a little bit more to the northeast of the French Quarter. Okay. Um, and it is very fun well, as well. You've done your homework here, haven't oh, you? I, I was yeah. ju- I was in New Orleans in April. Okay. Um, I have a cousin who lives there. Okay. And I, I want to get him on the show to give us the do's and don'ts of New Orleans. Well, sounds like he's qualified. Uh, yeah, he's been there for a decade, I think. But, yeah. you know, the thing is also about Alabama, you know, they usually play Georgia, Ohio States, the Michigans, the Clemsons, uh, the Oklahomas. I mean, those have been basically their opponents for bowl games the last decade at least. Mm-hmm. May even go back further than that. Heck, the national championship a decade ago was against Notre Dame. The only wrinkle in there would be Cincinnati last year in the college football playoff. But that's the deal. They're used to going to the college football playoff. They're not this year. Right. I mean, to Alabama, to the Alabama fans, is this game a big deal to them? I mean, they they probably thumb their nose at, at K-State. They're like, K-State? I mean, we're used to playing like the teams I mentioned earlier. We don't mm-hmm. play K-States. Right. Well, that's your problem. You're the ones <laughs> that didn't get to the college football playoff. I think like every everything, you're you're going to have some that will respect what K State is and what they've accomplished, and then you'll have some that are a little bit more close minded. That you know this is going to be, you know, they can bring their third team and their cheerleaders or, you know, whatever was said today on the Feinbaum show that everybody's tweeting about, and you know that was just some some fan. But anyway, the point is is that this is a heck of an opportunity for K State. I don't. Just being honest about this, if Alabama looks at it like a big deal, great. If they don't, that's okay too. I'm perfectly fine with that, um, and, and I understand their their want to and desire to get to the to final four, but they didn't. Uh, we'll see what their want to is, so to speak, when they when they show up on uh, New Year's Eve. They got to, a good football team. Yeah, though. to me, yeah, absolutely. And to me, this is you know, as a K State fan, really the perfect storm. Not only the destination, you know, the Sugar Bowl is the second oldest. Bowl game there is, you know, tied with a couple of others, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's not every day you get a chance to play Alabama. Like you said, that that is the golden child. It's the golden boy, whatever the the dynasty of college football these days. Even though they're not winning, you know, national championships every year, they've won quite a few under Nick Saban. Um, but you know, K State isn't in this kind of game every year, and I doubt Alabama will be. On a non-con 
schedule in the next 30 years. Probably won't happen. Probably. And so this is your one shot probably to play a Nick Saban Alabama team. And I don't care who opts out or who's going to be playing. It's still it, it's, it, it won't make it less exciting if K-State goes down to the Big Easy and knocks off the Alabama Crimson Tide. It just – it would be it would cap off and it were to happen, I would say it's the biggest season in K State history. I, I think that would really I think it would be absolutely fair to call it that. Despite three losses on the year, a win against Alabama would be one of the biggest in and ever for K State. Ever. In all can't, sports. Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, again, I'll I'll say this. They've been the gold standard for a while. I mean they they just you know between in the last, what, 10, 15 years with what they've done, what Clemson has done, it's just been pretty dominant uh, through the landscape of, of major college football. And just to, to be in a ball game with them is exciting, I, I think. I think our fans will be really pumped up about it. And, and hey, let's go. Let's go see what happens, you know. Uh, I just think it's a heck of an opportunity, Uh Go lay it out on the line. See where you sit. See where you stand. Uh, Alabama has only won one of their last three Sugar Bowls. They beat Clemson in 2017. That was a semifinal. Let's see. They lost to Ohio State and Oklahoma back-to-back years, and then Saban lost to Utah in 2009. That was a good Utah team, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they weren't too bad back yeah. then. I think a lot of people were, were talking about who's the better 8-3 and three team. Kansas State or Utah, I don't know it, how you would figure that out. I, I think they're both exceptionally well coached. Uh, I think they're both really good and have played similar schedules. Maybe a little bit more difficult with, for K State, but uh, yeah, they're the guys done a really nice job out there. And by the way, how about uh, let, let's shout out the uh, the K State students that were camping out of Bramlage this morning to get tickets. Oh yeah, the 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 student section tickets. There's only nine hundred. Uh, that were 50 bucks a pop, and there were fans that were out there overnight. Well, I, I said this last week on the show, the, the way they flocked out there to get Big 12 tickets was extraordinary, and, and the turnout for K-State Nation at uh, Arlington was, was crazy good. Um, really, from the time we got in there Friday afternoon uh, through, the, through the game, and I'm sure celebrating <laughs> coming home, and I mean, some of them probably didn't come home for a while, but... Um, yeah, it's it's fan base here is as as good as any. I'm I'm convinced of it. Game September September December 31st, New Year's Eve, 11 a.m. against the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Sugar Bowl. K State fans, I hope you're booking your trip. Flights are very expensive right now. If you're going to do it, do it now. What kind of drive is that, Mister uh, New Orleans? It is 14 and a half. Okay, there you I've go. I've done the drive to and from New Orleans twice. Um, and I mean that's without stops too. Uh, if you want to break it up, you could do like nine hours to Memphis and then go the rest of the way through Mississippi. Okay, uh, there's not much to see in Mississippi, uh, but once you get into Louisiana, there's there's a few things to look. Did at. Did you just say there's not much to see in Mississippi? Do you disagree? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think know it's that much dump. about Mississippi at all. To be honest, I, I, I think it's a dump. It's my yeah. least favorite state I've ever visited. Is that right? And Louisiana is one of my favorites. I will always be a little bit partial to it, and I've only been there a couple different times. But that's where my parents met. They met the service oh, in Bluffy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, no, nah, Nobody cares fans, about that, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Win or lose, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have oh, some fun, and uh, I'll, I'll be right there to lead you in the parade. There you uh, go. Once the, once the Cats le- uh, win. And uh, get your beads. Uh, the, I, I saw the, uh, the, the the team, when they showed up to Bramlage last night, were, were wearing beads. Oh, yeah. I was like, I like that. I like that touch. Uh, New Orleans is so much fun. It just so happens K-State's playing a bowl game down there. I, I couldn't be more excited for the destination, the matchup, all of it. I am so jacked about this opportunity. Oh, yeah. Everybody is. And, and, and again, it comes – you know, on on the heels of, of what happened this season, and of course Saturday, uh, I think that that game is one that, again, we're going to be talking about that game for a long, long time. It's so much fun, so entertaining. I, I I probably had ten people at the basketball game the other night say, "Man, that was hard on my heart." <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm going, I get it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, I love a good crowd pop. It's my favorite noise. Uh, if anybody has a favorite noise, I got one, and it's, it's a crowd pop. And they definitely popped on Ty Zittner's field goal. Oh boy. It was fun from up top, and, and in, in that end zone is where the press box is, to see the K-State fans just going bananas. Mm-hmm. Once that, I mean, people are jumping up and down, hands, and we're just going everywhere. It was so cool. And then the roar. I mean, it carried up to that press box. It was loud. Oh, sure. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you go back and play that, not that I'm asking you to do it, but if you go back and and replay that that field goal, you you, you can hear the K Staters. And let me put it into perspective for you: the K Staters that he's talking about are down and to our left. The kick was all the way far yes. right. It couldn't have been more far right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So it was pretty deafening. Yeah, it was opposite of uh, you know sides of the field. The opposite of where the yeah. band and the students were and. You know, everyone's wearing purple. It's hard to tell exactly. Well, the cheering, that's how you told the difference. And from watching up top, I I was trying to tell by that, by when K-State made a big play and they're going bananas. Like on the Deuce Vaughn touchdown is where you could really tell that it was uh, maybe slightly more TCU, but not a whole lot more. Not a whole lot more. K-State fans showed up. uh, Coach Kleiman was so happy about that. But we're now expecting to show up to the Big Easy. And if you're going to drive, it's a long drive. Uh, flying is going to be expensive. I but think. But you know what the best part is? We haven't talked about this, but th- this absolutely, I think, makes a difference. If you remember, we had a decent, nice turnout last year for the bowl game with LSU. Yeah. On January fourth. But I just think it's so much easier to have that game between Christmas and New Year's, where so many people can take the time off and go. You well, agree with that? I agree. Yeah. And also, you know. A lot, of, a lot of things in New Orleans is in walking distance. Really? Uh, you know, where all the hotel, like Bourbon Street is definitely within walking distance of the Superdome. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, and all the hotels around there, there's a lot on, on Canal Street, which is, you know, bumps up next right. to uh, the French Quarter there. And yeah, it's, if you get a hotel and, and good walking distance, you don't have to drive anywhere. That's, that's a great thing about New Orleans. You know, if you want to go certain places, yeah, you might have to take an Uber. Oh, sure. It's certainly if you, if you fly in. Right. You know, I think the... The airport's a good twenty miles from downtown, but but that's true everywhere you go, right? I mean, for the most part, you're yeah. you're going to be twenty thirty miles away from downtown. But if you can get a downtown spot, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> but if you get a downtown spot to yeah. camp up for uh, a few days, yeah, yeah, you're you're in you're in good situation for sure. Uh, I guess we'll just Travion carry it until uh, here towards the top of the hour. You'll get us out when we need to get out. I want to play the I want to play the kick again, the call again on Ty Zintner's game winner. 
So 31 yards for Kansas State as they look for a 10th win. We await the snap from Randon Plattner. Out of the hold of Jack Bloomer. Good snap and placement. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big 12 in 2022! Yeah, it got loud. It did. It got loud. It just You could just... I mean, calling it just the feel of it, too, just because, again, most of the K-Staters were down and two our left. Just you just it's hard to explain unless you're there to, to, to hear that sound and what it what it meant, because it was obvious if it's in, we're we're the champs, baby. Well, and, you know, and he ripped it. I, we can I can speak for broadcasting. You know, everybody dreams of that moment where you get to call yeah. a game winner for a championship. Yeah. You know, a walk-off field goal or whatever it is, a you know, a three-pointer or something at the buzzer. You know, that game-winning shot in Manhattan High with, gets that goal line stop on sure. in overtime to be Gardner Edgerton for a six-A state championship. Those those are the the ones we live for, Wyatt. And uh, well, we've been what? so fortunate with this, you know, I mean, with this program for a while. And I'm, I'm again, I'll I'll say this: I'm, I'm so happy for Coach Kleiman. And and his staff and, and these guys, it, it's just, there are so many um, amazing personalities on this team, amazing personalities, and I'm going to remember these guys for the rest of my life. Whether it's I, I don't even want to start naming them because there are too many. Hey. I'm just serious about that. It's it's a great group of kids. Colin Klein in his first year as offensive coordinator goes out there and wins a Big 12 title. Boom. Like, man. Mark it down. <laughs> How about that? Ten years after winning it as a senior in, in college. Yep. All right, well, that's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. What a fun time this was, talking two hours, Big 12 championship, Sugar Bowl. Man, I cannot wait for December 31st. I can't wait till that Wednesday before. That's when we're going to leave for for New Orleans. But like I said earlier, get your tickets if you're going to fly and go to the game. Uh, Just be prepared and get it done as soon as you can. For Travion, for Wyatt, I'm Mitch. Thanks for listening to Wildcat Insider. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.